This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. The fire of God's just been in my heart about this message. I feel it. I've got to give you a precursor, a warning. I absolutely feel this message in my heart, okay? And because I feel it so much, I want you to know that I may get a little passionate about that. And the reason I'm getting passionate about it is that we all write the stories of our lives. We all have a story that's going, whether we like the story or not, but we all have some kind of a story that's going on in our lives. And I guess I would have to ask, if you have a story, uh, what genre would your story be? Is your story just a mere historical type thing? Or is your story a, a love story? What would your story be? Nobody's going to holler out in this service? A comedy. All right, that's a good one. A comedy, that's a, that's a good one. Anything else? A drama. Who admitted that? Where were you? No, okay. A drama. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for honesty is where it all starts, sister. Come on. Amen. But no, a drama. Anybody else? An inspiration. Romantic comedy. Suspense. How many of you just are afraid to say horror? <laughs> it would be a horror story. You'd be dealing with, with some rough things. You see, what happens is we all have a story, and it all has a, a turn, and it all has a feel. Some of you, it's, it's a tragedy. It, it's different things. And because of our stories, the way that they've turned out, we, we, sometimes we end up in places to where we want the story to really uh, to, to change. We want the story to shift, or, or we feel like we somehow have messed up the story, and, and the story turns from an inspirational story into a tragedy. The story turns from a comedy into horror. Something causes the, a shift in our storyline. And because there's a shift in our storyline, we end up in these bad places that we don't know what to do with, and, and we really really end up in these routines. We just start going through instead of creating new chapters and new opportunities and, and letting God write new things into our lives. We end up in these places to where we're, we're living, as it were, the nightmare over and over and over again. And because we are in this story, we have to understand that the, the, the greatest and most significant author of our life should be the Heavenly Father. But many times we are end up in the wrong places. We let other people write our story. We let other people dictate what the chapters of our lives are going to be. We let other people dictate who we are. Who we are. And they, it's the words that they've spoken of us. It's the failures. And then many times as the primary author ourselves, we've written ourselves into this spot that we don't know how to get ourselves out. And we have what, what you would call writer's block because we don't know how to get ourselves out. Well, today I want you to understand that there are three distinct things we do with characters in our life story, whether it be ourselves or be others that we interact with. These three things we will do. Many times we will write them off. We'll write somebody off as, as too broken or too messed up or, 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 or they're too volatile to have in my life. And because when we start writing them off, we'll end up writing them out of our story. 
Or many times we'll feel the exact opposite. We'll feel that we're too messed up and we're too broken and that somehow we've been written out of the story God intended for us. God intended a victorious story. God intended an inspirational story. But instead, we've written ourselves out of the victory, victorious message and we've written ourselves into these tragedies. We've written ourselves into these, the, the, these things that can't really seem real. And we've in this story that we want to change so desperately. But can I tell you something today? We are experts at writing people off and we are experts at writing people out. But Jesus is an expert at writing people into the story that he created for them. Jesus wants to write you into a better story and into a better place. So today I want you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 8 and I want to talk to you about someone who let Jesus become the author of their life after others had written their story. Luke chapter 8, I'm going to begin in verse number 1. It reads like this. Soon afterwards, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news, that's the gospel, the good news about the kingdom of God. Notice what, who he took with him. He took his 12, how many? 12 disciples with him. These are those who would become the apostles minus the one Judas who would be replaced later. Along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them, notice this, not among, just one, but this is plural. Among them were, there's going to be several in what we're seeing here, Mary Magdalene. And I want you to notice that name in particular because that's who I want to talk to you about today. Mary Magdalene, for whom he had, from whom he had cast out seven demons. Verse number three, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources. This is a group of them. It's not just one of them. It's not just Susanna or Joanna. Uh, and it's also Mary. Okay, it's a whole line of them, plus some others. We don't have their names. They're contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Let's take just a moment and ask God to open this passage to us. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you are the author of our story and you have written into this day that we are here together. I pray, Father, that in the name of Jesus Christ, you will speak to us and you will give us clarity about what it is you want us to hear from this message and in this time. Lord, may my inabilities come in line with your ability and may we bring you glory and honor and praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. I want to bring you back up to verse number two where it says, among them were Mary Magdalene. Okay, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, people had been writing her story for quite some time. Many people had written her off. And I really believe because when you have somebody in your life that has one demon, you don't want them around, much less somebody that has seven demons. Can I get an Amen. Most people had written her off and most people were ready to write her out. They would be happy if they never saw her again. They would be happy if they never had to deal with her mess. If they never had to do that, that's the crazy lady. That's the lady who has no hope. That's the girl. See, they had written her off. But when they had written her out, when they had written her off, she met Jesus and Jesus began to write her in. You've got to understand a few things about Mary Magdalene. There are several Marys mentioned in Scripture. 
It was the popular name. It was the, uh, you know, it amazes me on how many times when we dedicate children for within a year or two year period, they're the similar names. And, and these are names, many of them, that are about a hundred year cycle. And apparently during this season, Miriam uh, uh, was a very popular name, which we translate Mar- uh, Mary. And it, many of them are mentioned in scripture. But the Mary who is identified here as Magdalene or Magdalene is mentioned 12 times in the scripture. That's important to notice. She's mentioned 12 times in the scripture. She is a witness to many of the miracles of Jesus. She's right there. She's funding the day. She's part of the day. She's part of the ministry. And she sees what Jesus can do. She is one of the few who would stay with him while he died. She is one of the few, very, very few, who would stay after he had died and would follow him all the way to the place they would lay his body to uh, be entombed. She was one of the few who would know where he was and where they had left him, where they had laid him. Thus, when the others wanted to go to that place, they had to take her with them because they wanted to go where he was. And she was one of the few that had stayed with him. Why? Because when everybody else had written her out and when everybody else was writing her off, Jesus had wrote her in. Not only did she see his death, not only did she see his burial, but she was the first to see his resurrected body. He was was the first that Jesus would show up to and declare, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive forevermore. You see, she became an important part of the story. Now, Scripture gives us very little insight into the life of Mary Magdalene. Insight that lets us know very few things, but here's what we see from this passage here in Luke. We understand that she was a woman of influence, that she had some form of financial means because she's part of those who are funding the ministry. I think that's important to notice. They, many people didn't want her around because she was crazy. They would, they would put up with her because she had something to offer them. But here's what we do know for certain about this Mary Magdalene. She was from the region of Galilee, the small town of Magdala. Magdala sits today with its first century ruins uncovered. You can go there. You can walk among. It's one of my favorite places in Israel, probably top two favorite places in Israel. You can walk along the shore of Galilee looking out from Magdala there. That small little fishing village was famous for its salted fish that would be sent south to Jerusalem. As I've walked among those first century ruins of that small town, I'm amazed at how small it really is. Magdala was about the size of a, of a, of a, a small a townhome community. About the size of a, a very small uh, community that all the homes were interlinked with each other. All the homes were very, very close together. It was one of those type places that maybe everybody didn't have a door and some everybody had their windows open. So let me translate that for you. If you lived in Magdala, you could hear everything that was happening in everybody else's house. You knew everybody's good stuff. You knew their bad stuff. You knew all the gossip. Everything was flowing among that town and everybody knew where everybody really stood because the town was so small and so insignificant that everybody was forced to live together for safety's sake and everybody understood everybody was what they were going through. And in Mary's case, there was plenty to talk about. In Mary's case, she kept giving them gossip, good, good amounts of gossip that all the gossips were like, well, here comes Mary. Did you hear what she did yesterday? And everybody had really nicknamed her as Crazy Mary. Everybody had nicknamed her as that that one that nobody cared about. You see, she was struggling and she was in pain. 
She was hurting so bad that people went out of their way to avoid her. If they hadn't hoped to possibly earn some of her money in their businesses because she was a woman of means, they probably would have avoided her altogether. They all thought she was crazy, Mary. You see, they may have known even why she was broken. They may have known about what happened to her, who abandoned her, who assaulted her, who left her, who, who had caused her pain. They probably knew in this small little community what kind of messed Mary up. They kind of knew that something had happened, something had changed. They all saw a difference in, in a young, young girl or, or an innocent young woman or, or maybe as a young wife that all of a sudden there was a death. We don't know the whole story, but here's what we can see in, by looking at history that, that it was impossible for them to live in this close-knit of a community and not know what had broken her. But that's the problem. They saw her as broken. They saw her as the victim of whatever had happened to her. They saw her. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm about to say. They had identified her by her pain, and they saw her as broken because of her pain. I'm jumping ahead of my sermon right now, but somebody needs to get this today. You have been identified with whatever has tried to break you long enough, and because you have been broken in people's eyes, they've written you off and they've written you out. But today I've come to tell you that Jesus wants to write you in and give you a better hope and a better future. And my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Why don't you give God praise like he deserves? But here's, here's what I want you to see. They saw her as broken, but Jesus didn't see her as broken. He saw her as bound. Sometimes we are more bound than we are broken. You see, the devil tells you, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to get this. I'm trying to behave. Y'all about to see a fat guy get excited. The devil tells you, you're always going to be that. You'll never be able to get free from that. You see, the devil's trying to tell you you're broken. There's something wrong on the inside of you. You'll never be able to put down the bottle. You'll never be able to start chasing that lie. You'll never be able to become who you hope you are because there's something broken inside of you. And many of you can take it back to the moment that that something happened in your life. You can take it back to the moment that somebody offered you that first drink when you went to that party and you took that red solo cup. And from that moment all you climbed in a bottle because your pain seemed to be numb. You can roll all the way back and the devil's convinced you that you're broken. I've come to tell you today, the enemy may think he's broken you, but the reality is you're really just bound. And what you need is Jesus to begin to rewrite your story. You need Jesus to begin to write a better hope and a new chapter and a new day. But Pastor Don, you don't understand. I've heard a thousand messages. Baby, you ain't heard this message yet. Come on now. And I've come to tell you that the God who delivered her can deliver you and he wants to set you free today because he's still in the miracle working business. Come on now. Give God a praise. Amen. I'll teach again another Sunday, because I can't preach like this every Sunday and live. But I feel it. I feel somebody is on the place that you're tired of the world and the devil telling you you're broken. You're tired of believing the lie, and you're ready for a change. Here's what you need to understand. There were seven demons cast out by Jesus from Mary. 
We can only assume that Mary must have suffered some horrible emotional or psychological trauma. As a result of that, she, that all, whatever she had went through, she made room. Watch this. She made room and gave opportunity to these seven spirits to torment her. You see, the devil wants to keep those spirits tormenting you. And you've been letting them, whether you knew it or not, because the places of pain in our lives give the enemy a foothold to attack us from. It does. Where the enemy tells you, you'll always be rejected. You'll never be loved. You'll always be broken. It creates this vulnerability in our lives that keeps us bound. Listen to me. I want you to see what Ephesians 4.27 says. In the King James, it says, give no, no place to the devil. Uh, and and, and then I love what the New Living says. It says, for anger, watch this, gives a foothold to the devil. You see, what I'm trying to tell you is because of whatever happened to you, let me just tell you what the Holy Spirit just dropped in my spirit, or whatever you did. Whether you did it or it happened to you, whatever thing gave, caused you to turn inward, watch this, and caused you to back up. Watch what I had to do when I even didn't even tend to. Watch this. I'm backing up. Watch, watch carefully. Because the only thing I can do like this is give up to Jesus. But instead, when I do this and go, oh, I'm broken. I'm, my anger, watch this. I'm pulling it in. What that does is it literally gives the devil a place to step in my life. I love the amplified version of this. It says this, and do not give the devil an opportunity, watch this, to lead you into sin by what, what, holding a grudge. Am I making sense? Or, oh, I love this one, nurturing your anger. I don't want to get free, but I want to be free. Then let it go. <laughs> that came out in the wrong tune. <laughs> let it go. But instead, we nurture that thing. Sort of like when you have a baby, they put that first baby in your arms. You're like, oh, oh, I've got to be careful. You know how that works? By the third one, you're throwing it over your shoulder saying, let's go. Come on now. <laughs> but then, you got that pain in your arms. You're going... I gotta be, I gotta guard this because I'm already hurt bad enough. And if I don't guard it, then somebody's gonna come into that same place and hurt me all the more. And all the more, the devil's on top of it going, I've got you right where I want you. And you're cultivating it. You're giving the devil place to write your story. You're letting him have a page that doesn't belong to him. Why? Because your pages have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ if you're a believer. And the enemy has no right to write your story. Because there is one author and finisher of our faith. And his name is Jesus Christ. Come on now. Amen. But I know what you're saying. You're saying, Pastor, you don't understand how bad I've messed up the story. God has restarted me over and over and over again. And the problem is because you've messed up so many times, you've you have heard other people say that there's no good in you and there's no hope for you, that you've written yourself out of the story. See, you feel like Mary. Mary had seven problems she couldn't solve. And the reality was every time she fixed one, she got hit with another. And every time she beat that one, she got hit by the big ugly cousin that was bigger than the first two. Over and over 
and over. She had seven problems she couldn't fix. She was broken in seven places. See, most of us struggle giving people grace because we, we're really wondering, is, could God really have grace for me? And most of us give up on people like Mary because we've watched them struggle years after year. But here's something I want you to get, is God won't give up because He can't give up. It is not within God's nature to give up. He will not abandon you, and He will not forego what He has bought the right to write. He is waiting for you to open your arms and say, Father, write my story. Change the narrative of my life. I feel the Holy Spirit. See, somebody else wrote, off, wrote you off, you'll never amount to anything, and you closed that book. Somebody else said, if you do that again, God's coming through with you, and you closed that book. You've written yourself off. You've written yourself out. But I've come to tell you, God wants to write you in. And I want you to listen to me carefully. We see broken and bound people around us, and we can't give them grace because the reality is if we give them grace, we're going to really see how much we need grace. And so we write people like Mary off. I mean, they're allowed to be here, right? I mean, they can come to church. I mean, they messed up over and over and over again. They can come. To, I mean, they can fund the vision. They can give in the offering. And that's what happened in this story. She gave in the offering. I mean, they, they can come around, but, you know, sitting there and being on the stage are two different things. Can I tell you, that's writing somebody out, telling them that God can't use them because of their pain. No, I'm looking for people who have come, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost, who have come into this place, whose stories have written them out, whose lives have caused people to write them off, but that I can invite to this stage to stand here and declare, I was done, it was over, but then I opened my heart to Jesus, and because I opened my heart to Jesus, look what He's done in my life, look how He's changed my life my life and he began to write a new day and a new story that was better you see i've given other people and i feel like sometimes i've given jesus reasons to write me off write me out but i've learned i can never outrun his grace because he keeps writing me in in fact jesus writes mary in in the, as the leading, I want you to listen to what I'm saying, as the leading lady of the gospel. She is mentioned more than the apostles are mentioned. You see, the one who had been written off because of her pain became, watch this, the first witness to the resurrection. You see, her story changed because she met Jesus. Her story was solidified when she became a living testimony that he's alive. And because he's alive means, watch this, when the devil tried to put the end on his story, he marked it out and came back three days later and said, we're just getting started good with this story. The devil has tried to put an end on Mary's story, 
She was crying. The Bible says, why, Jesus asked her, why are you weeping? And, she says, and, and whom are you seeking? And she's supposing him to have been the garden, see, gardener. See, she was trying to find a reason to keep living because the only reason she had to keep living was laying in a tomb, she thought. But, and, and then his body's missing on top of that. And when she realized he was alive, watch this, something changed inside of her. She stopped seeking and she stopped supposing. She stopped seeking for a reason to live and she stopped supposing that her yesterday had destroyed her tomorrow and suddenly she was faced to face with a risen king of glory and it gave her a reason to live from that moment forward can i tell you today if you spent your life trying to find a reason to keep writing your story and you feel like your yesterday has destroyed your today and you don't know why you should keep going what you need to do is have an encounter with the resurrected christ because you'll either meet him here or one day you're going to see him when he breaks the clouds of glory and returns but one way or another every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that jesus christ is lord and the way you want your story to get better is to meet him right here, right now, and allow him to mark the end off of your life and say the story continues. Just stand with me today. The reality is most of our lives have comedy chapters, drama, tragedies, and horror, and there are all kinds of stories. But here's the way the devil works. Are you ready for this? He tells you that your story is so bad that if anybody else in here read your story, that they wouldn't want to be near you and know you. That's what he tries to tell you. That the questions of your heart make God mad at you. They don't make God mad at you. He just wants to reveal himself more to you. That the reality is, he's not afraid of your story and neither are we. But Pastor Don, you don't know how bad... I, I'm trying to close, but I don't know how many people have met me in this altar and they go, if you knew how bad I was, you wouldn't want to be here. And I was like, hold on, let me go get those drug dealers and those murderers and bring them over here and let them talk to you for just a minute. And they're like, what? I'm let, I, I, let me go get that one elder who used to break the arms and legs of the people that didn't pay their drug bill so he could get his drugs free. Let me let you talk to him for just a minute. They start backing up and they go, what kind of church have I wandered into? One that Jesus took the people nobody else wanted and he's made us the children of the Most High God. Wrong story. Because we were in the wrong place. But we found the right Savior and he changed everything. And he's rewritten our stories. Just because you see some of these guys that they look all sweet and kind now, I wish you could have seen them when they were fresh out of jail. Or when their wife had just walked out. Or when their husband had beat them up the night before. Or the alcoholism had taken their children away. And now, I love what Ezekiel wrote. He said, I will take the people who have a heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. I'm rewriting their lives. And I will take the people who are not a people and I will make them the people of God. All because we stopped letting the enemy try to convince us to write ourselves out and let others and our weakness and our struggles write us off. And we ask Jesus to write us in to the story called grace. Bow your heads with me in this place. I'm not going to belabor this. The reality is I've been preaching to you this entire time. God's been speaking to you this entire message. From the moment I began talking about how your story was, what it was like, some of you knew this message was for you. From that moment, it 
it, it clicked with your heart. From that moment, it grabbed a hold of you. From that moment, the enemy doesn't want you to break through. But right now, the victory is yours. All you need to do is realize that Jesus is Lord and that He is alive and become a witness of the resurrection. You can testify to it in baptism next week, but right now you need to embrace the risen Savior. You're in this place today and your story's gone really wrong. It's not turned out the way you thought. You've tried to live your life a certain way, but you've ended up more of a tragedy than the, than, than the victory you'd hoped to write about. Your life is full of pain and there are pages you want nobody to see. Jesus is ready to wash those pages clean and give you a fresh slate for today. If that's you, every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, one of, one of these, these two or three things, listen to me carefully, I either want to give my life to Jesus because I've never surrendered my life completely to Jesus Christ, or two, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ, or three, I need to know that it's more than a prayer for me, that it is a real change that is happening in my life because I'm going to trust everything from this moment forward to Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. Those three things, if that's you, nobody, God does not need your help, nor do I. But right now, right where you are, if that's you, I want to see your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come from there. Wow, hands are going up all over this place, all over this place. Wow, 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 hands all over this place. Thank you, Jesus. God's changing lives. Put those down. Just by the Holy Spirit, I'm going to wait just a second more. Is there anyone that the devil tried to tell you there's no hope for you? That's him writing you out. But now you're saying, nope, today's the day it all changes. I'm surrendering to Christ today. Where are you? I'm looking for your hand. Waiting for you. You didn't raise it already. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's not done with you yet. I'm going to pray with those where they are. Somebody help me pray with these that are in the altars. But listen, right where you are, keep praying. I'm going to have one more question. We're about to be through. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I have been hearing the devil telling me that I've blown it and that I have ended my story and there's no hope for me. I'm talking to somebody. You may be watching, you may be listening, but you feel like you've blown it and like your story is over. And the devil's telling you he's written you out, but I'm willing to trust Jesus to write me back in the story of grace today. If that's you, I want to see your hand, right? Where you, even if you're watching, I want you to raise your hand. Get it up in there. Your hands are going up all over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, put those down. Now we're about to pray a prayer. And I want us all to pray this prayer. This is not a way to end the service. This is a way for literally the, the dozen or more people who've responded today. Many of them I've, I do not know. I've never seen before, but have responded to this call to surrender to the resurrected Christ as their Savior. This is why we are here. And I want you to pray this prayer with a, a, a statement of faith because there's going to be a transaction. There's going to be a rewriting of the story that occurs right now. And as we pray this prayer of faith, the Bible says, if I confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I would be born again. And so right now, I want you to help me, all of us collectively, and I'm going to pray for the others, but I want you to help me pray for the many who responded today. Help me pray right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. Look into my life. You see my past my present, and my future. I am full of failure, 
I have broken your law. But now I confess that. Not to be confessed over and over again. But to confess in faith. That you are a good father. That you give me grace. And now I receive your forgiveness. And from this moment forward. I believe Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. And by faith, God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And Jesus is my Savior. Father God, I thank you for those that have prayed that many of these for the very first time. And now, by the blood of Jesus Christ, I thank you that those that the devil is convinced they've been written out and they've been written off. I thank you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. God speaking to somebody in this place. As you've trusted God and as you give him the pen to begin to write in your life again, better days are ahead because grace has rewritten your life and grace gives you hope and a future in the name of Jesus Christ. Would you give God some praise today? He has written us in. He has written us in. Amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.